Welcome to the Our Ability podcast. This is John Robinson. Our mission with Our Ability is to lower the unemployment rate for individuals with disabilities from 70%, to use technology, to utilize the businesses that we connect with, and the relationships that we have within the disability community. Today, we're going to be joined by two very important people with AHRC in New York City, Steve Towler and Shauna Lozada are two people who have engaged with us who are leaders in disability employment in New York State and the United States. We're proud to have them join us. Again, this podcast, as always, is sponsored by Price Chopper Market 32 and Lowe's Home Improvement, two organizations that for years have led with disability employment nationally, and we're proud to work with them. We are being joined by two of our friends at AHRC in New York City. Uh, Steve and Shauna are joining us to talk about all things disability, all things disability New York City, and a future non-dystopian world that we're going to discuss that includes people with disabilities. How's that for an introduction? Sounds good to me. (laughs) Sounds good to me, too. So, Shauna, let's start with you. Um, introduce yourself to the audience and tell us what you do at AHRC. Sure. So my name is Shauna Lozada. I am the Director of Business Development and Corporate Partnerships at AHRC New York City. So my job is to work with the business community in creating relationships to help uh, people become gainfully employed or creating relationships to educate the business community about the benefits of working with people with disabilities and nonprofits like AHRC, NYC, and others uh, similar to AHRC New York City. And so just give us an example of some of those relationships that you have in the, in the, in the business world. Of course. So AHRC New York City works with all different types of businesses. It could be a small mom and pop business from a pizza shop to a large corporation such as Salesforce. That's that's great. And by the way, that might have been the best introduction anybody has given on the podcast to date. So great job, Shauna. Steve, you gotta follow that up. Tell us tell us who you are and and what's going on. John and good morning everyone. so I'm Steve Taller. I'm the, uh, currently the Vice President of Programs and Business Development at AHRC New York City. been at AHRC New York City over 30 years at this point in time, and I originally was hired um, when there was very little employment taking place for people with disabilities in and around the New York City area, and, and that really went for most of the country, quite honestly. Um, I've kind of been through some good times, some bad times, some very, very different times, which we're clearly in right now. Um, HRC New York City is a very diverse organization, supporting about 15,000 people on an annualized basis um, in multiple areas of their lives. We have education programs, we have camps and recreation services, we have community habilitation services, We have a very large residential program where we support people um, in multiple ways from people that are pretty independent to people that need a lot of support in uh, what's known as ICFs. Uh, We primarily work with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, although we do work also with other individuals with behavioral health challenges. And we have a fairly large at-risk youth program for young adults in New York City to help them prepare for, obtain and maintain employment in the community. Uh, Within our employment and business service unit, 
Um, we support over 2,000 people annually in a very wide range of different programs, all leading towards employment. We have some that train people uh, in different career tracks, whether it be janitorial or technology. Uh, we do different things, helping people get direct placement, go right to work. Uh, we do all kinds of contract employment. We have a very large janitorial division. Um, and another area within HRC that I failed to mention is we do a lot of day habilitation, preparing people for community involvement, integration, volunteer work, uh, different things like that. Um, and for many of those folks, leading towards employment opportunities and some very creative college programs throughout New York City. Um, HRC New York City is part of the Arc of New York, so we are a member of uh, the statewide, also known as Nice Arc Inc. Um, so that's a quick introduction to uh, myself and, and HRC. I'm very active in, in a number of different associations around the, uh, the city and the state from the Alliance, uh, Board of Directors, New York Alliance for Inclusion and Integration, NYSID, uh, Bronx Developmental Disability Council, and IAC and different things like that. So I'm um, really happy to be here uh, with you, John, and we're happy to kind of have a nice discussion on employment. So first of all, for those of you listening, Steve and Shauna are two of the best experts on disability employment in New York State. And so it, uh, two people that we have... Um, tapped into and talked to for the past 10 years of, as we've worked with our ability. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that we're going to do upcoming. But Steve, you just said something about community um, engagement and preparing individuals with disabilities for community engagement. How important is that towards the success for employment, uh, that, that beginning piece of getting individuals with disabilities ready for community interaction? No, that's a great question, John. And, um, I probably would answer it differently 10 years ago and 20 years ago and, and, and today. You know, you know, one of the things that support and employment um, was really kind of founded on in a lot of ways was, was the notion of not having to prepare people for um, to really get ready, ready, ready for work, but to be able to help people get placed in a job, do some minimal uh, assessment and preparation, help the person get the job, and then move the supports to support them in the community on the job site, where before oftentimes there'd been lots and lots of preparation with no real supports going into the community. So the model, the model flipped uh, numerous decades ago to be able to support people more in the community-focused kind of perspective. Um, so we, we have that perspective on it as to how much preparation really needs to do, and the thinking was we really didn't need to do a lot and that many people should be able to have the opportunity to go to work. I think things have shifted a little bit over time as we've kind of gotten a little more focused on certain occupational skills that do require certain training and knowledge base to be able to be successful at it in different types of certifications in, in more of a uh, competitive workplace um, and helping people really understand the rules, the norms, the culture about going to work. Um, so that's kind of been, I say, median, I'm going to go with medium importance to some degree. Yeah. And now with COVID-19, you know, one of the things that we have seen is a really kind of a, I think, a change in how we are seeing the importance of being ready for work, making sure people are safe, they understand social distancing, and all the health practices that you really need to. And if you're going to be traveling around New York City, how do you how do you do this to really be safe and uh, making sure that you're not putting yourself in unnecessary risk? So as we kind of get into that, we're doing a lot more preparation with people, even folks that were laid off and going back to work to make sure that they kind of understand 
the importance of keeping that mask on and that you can't shake somebody's hand now when you go into the workplace. And, you know, we got some of that messaging from some of our business partners as we're going to return to, to their workplaces to make sure that our workers really are, are understanding and comfortable with, you know, uh, what it takes to return to work safely right now. So uh, I think it's shifted over time. Uh, right now, I feel it's relatively important to kind of make sure we can prepare people well, make sure they understand what the expectations are. And, you know, prior to COVID-19, there wasn't a, a killer virus that could kind of make you very ill or even even uh, cause you to pass away. Um, so, you know, now it's become a little bit more critical to make sure that we really can kind of stress the importance of being safe and being healthy and, uh, you know, doing all the practices you possibly can so that we can uh, keep people as safe as humanly possible. So preparation, I think, has kind of taken on a, a different meaning for us in some ways. And I don't know if, Shauna, you want to add to that thought. Well, I want to ask, I want to ask Shauna, I want to ask Shauna a specific question on that. Shauna, what, what are you hearing on the front lines from the business community in regard to employment because of COVID? What are you hearing today that is changing how maybe AHRC and others are, are, are conducting business? Sure. So, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with what Steve said. I think when we are talking to business, the business community now, um, you know, they want to make sure that we have candidates who are prepared and ready to go into the workforce because right now it's a matter of life and death if somebody's not prepared to go into the workforce and fully understand um, how to socially distance. So, you know, that's one area. But the other area is that, you know, things are shifting a bit. So much is going moving towards remote work that we're seeing, um, you know, this huge population of folks uh, being recruited for janitorial because that's a need because of the pandemic and keeping things clean. But also, do we have people who can do things and work remotely from their own ho home? And, you know, AHRC New York City is looking at how do we shift and how do we pivot to be able to support people from their home and working from home as a, a lot of us are doing now. Um, so I think the business community is really um, up in the air and they want to make sense of it. They're still not sure how to do that, but they know that they are going to be uh, working from home probably until August 2021, and they still want to support people with disabilities. And doing so, they're just, you know, they themselves are learning how to shift positions um, to remote work. Can you give us a specific, Shauna, can you give us specifics as far as the types of businesses that are asking that of you? Sure. So I'm going to use Cigna, for example. Um, it's a partner of ours that we we started working with it in, in talks to have somebody working in their office prior to the pandemic. Um, and once the pandemic hit, all their offices were closed. So we started a dialogue about what other things could people with disabilities do and possibly remote work. And, you know, we went through the litany of job descriptions. Um, and from there, you know, I helped them shape two positions that I thought would make sense for people to work remotely where AHRC New York City could still support folks and they could still thrive. Um, Steve mentioned, you know, a lot of folks we work with are intellectually and developmentally disabled. So sometimes they're not able to do, um, you know, working remotely can be a big challenge. So AHRC New York City, uh, you know, as support staff, we're navigating and pivoting and figuring out how to best support folks too. Um, because we do see there's going to be a significant need for job coaching and hands-on support when folks are working remotely. Um, so, uh, you know, that's one company that asks that we, you know, help them develop different positions to implement remote work and, and, and 
still be able to partner with them. Um, but not only in that area, I think AHRC has done a great job. Of, we've developed some training modules that we've been highlighting with many businesses, such as at the Salesforce, about what we're doing to prepare people and to, to pivot in this remote world. And, and that is so key. And you, you've mentioned some industry leaders, Salesforce, Etsy, Cigna. I mean, these are big, big companies. And I think in, in the work that we do and, and, you know, we're doing the same thing with, uh, you know, KeyBank and M&T Bank and Microsoft, right? We're, we're, these are different businesses than maybe people assume individuals with disabilities are working in. Certainly, we're working in janitorial space, we're working in grocery, we're working entry level, yes. But we're also, we're working in big, big corporate America. And so I think the, the reason I wanted you to answer that is because I want the listener to understand there's many more opportunities than, than maybe we assume. And that's really cool because we're creating unique new jobs for individuals with disabilities that, that maybe weren't there before. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that and excited about where that, where that's going. Um, as far as COVID though, and we can't avoid it, um, certainly, and it's changed everything that we've done. What, Shauna and Steve, what do you see that we're learning in this COVID time that will stay with us post COVID? Are, are you seeing some of this remote learning and do you think it's going to last beyond COVID? And so that creates more training opportunities today for tomorrow for individuals with disabilities? Well, let me take a little crack at that. And I, and I know I, I, I believe there was some thought um, to kind of look at like how we were doing before and then what happened with COVID. And, you know, the, the honest answer is that pre COVID things was, things were looking pretty good. Um, business was good. Opportunities were there. You know, as Shauna mentioned, there were a couple of really big companies that um, we've really been kind of, you know, really kind of securing and developing even stronger partnerships with, um, you know, Etsy, Salesforce, Cigna, and, and others, many others. Um, funding supports were in place to support people with job coaching and the different needs that they may have, different training programs and preparation, et cetera. Um, COVID, obviously, you know, I never thought there could be anything that could so uh, significantly change really everything about our lives and uh, the services that we're delivering to people. And uh, But it did. It did. It basically, you know, we were roughly supporting on a daily basis about a thousand people that were working with different funding sources, people with disabilities in the community. And as soon as COVID hit, about two-thirds of them got laid off. Um um, a number of them continue to work because we have a lot of essential workers that are doing things for, for example, the fire department in New York City, uh, the MTA, kind of keeping things clean and sanitized. And in fact, that area actually expanded and has grown uh, during COVID because the city needs more essential workers. And most of that goes and happens through um, uh, our partnership with NICE at New York State Industries for the Disabled, which has different government contracts, which creates different work. But these are really fabulous jobs, and they are essential jobs. We didn't. We've always focused very heavily in the janitorial industry for a number of different reasons. or demand occupations, um, which means that there's a high number of them available in the New York City marketplace, and they pay really, really well. Um, they're jobs that are tied to uh, union contracts in New York City, so you know people really it's life-changing job opportunities. So we've been expanding in those areas. The going forward part is really interesting in so many ways. So about two-thirds of our workforce got laid off. Now we're back to about two-thirds working again. So we, we are have shifted back a bit. 
kind of with that, but certainly not everybody. You know, a lot of these big companies that Sean is mentioning, Salesforce and Etsy, um, great business partners, but they're not bringing people back to the workplace just yet. You know, they're kind of moving relatively slowly and safely with their own workforce as far as who's going to come back. And then even when they come back, they're, you know, the, the notion being that they're probably not coming back the way they came back before. So if an office had 100 workers in it and we maybe were supporting them in different ways uh, with five workers, they may only come back with 30 workers, you know. So whether or not, you know, the full scope of our support services for folks are going to be available at each company is, is really up for question at this point in time. Um, as Shona mentioned, our, the ability for a lot of our workers to do things remotely um, is challenging in a lot of ways, and we're looking to develop new training programs to help get them ready to be able to do some of this. But things that are changing for real are, you know, are hard to deny. Uh, the retail footprint in the New York City marketplace, there's so many big retail stores that are closing and going out of business and shifting towards Amazon and things of that nature and Walmart delivery. And, you know, so we are shifting to that as well, and we're kind of doing more focus on, you know, working with, an, with Amazons and those. But we've lost a lot of job opportunities that and jobs, real jobs that people were at in the in the service industry, as things have really changed and kind of uh, companies are going out of business or really downsizing tremendously. So, you know, for us in New York City, that's a major change, the disruption in the retail industry. Um, but with each change, new opportunities do kind of surface, right? And that's what we're looking at. What are those new opportunities? How to prepare people for this? Um, you know, whether it's you know late and. Uh, spring of 2021 or, you know, does it go longer? But we're trying to really prepare our workforce for the challenges ahead and the opportunities that will present themselves because they will be there. And it's just really how do we be ready for those opportunities? How do we make sure that folks with disabilities are really being considered, you know, in the front of the, of the, of the line? Because obviously that's very, very high unemployment right now as well. So, you know, these are some really challenging times. Um, but we're ready to face these challenges. And you are, and we are too at our ability. And that, that you're saying something that really resonates with me. First of all, I want to reiterate the, the number you said twice. Two-thirds of the workforce was laid off at the beginning of COVID. And if you think about that, you're out there listening, two-thirds is a fraction. You may, you know, you may gloss over that. You know, that's two out of three people, folks, that are, that are out of employment. Um, and, but some of that's coming back, which is great. At the same time, what Shauna said, that there are, there are new opportunities with some industries and businesses maybe we hadn't thought about before. And so what that means to me is that there are opportunities here, not only for the Etsy and the Cygnus of the world, but for like-minded businesses like them to consider adding individuals with disabilities to employment opportunities. And organizations like AHRC and our ability both can help train and help build around around businesses needs. We just need more businesses to consider it. And, and that's, you know, that's what I hear, which is, uh, it's troubling to hear about the two thirds, but it's, it's also exciting to think about, we may open more doors down the road for new opportunities, but we have to all be open-minded. Do you, do you both agree with that? Absolutely. I think it's a matter of doing things differently, just like AHRC New York City had to do when the pandemic, when we were all mandated to stay home, we had to think differently on our toes in that moment. And I think businesses have this opportunity to think differently as well. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, there's, we can do it. We can do it together. I know that the, certainly the three of us on this podcast care deeply about this, but I know uh, there are businesses out there that, that do as well. They just don't know how to go about it. And so 
if you're a business out there and you're listening to us, um, you know, please reach out to, to all three of us because we can, we can help in that. So I want to, we're coming up on our time, the time that I promised I would keep you both for, but I do want to lead into the next part of this, Steve and Shauna, and that's this, uh, all three of us have been involved in some way with disability in, in the national meeting and, and certainly with what we're doing here in New York with our disability in New York chapter under our ability. And last year, on November 1st, we had a meeting in Manhattan where we invited businesses to come listen and see what we're doing. We, with COVID, we need to follow that up, but follow that up a little bit differently. Um, but one of the things we're going to do is have, have a meeting here in the fall online, either with Zoom or Teams, to be able to talk about some of these new opportunities for businesses. And uh, Sean, I just wanted to get your opinion, and then Steve, after, on you know, what can we do uh, if you're out there and you're a business and listening to us to get involved with what we want to do here in the fall with disability in New York and our ability? Well, I think if, if people are interested in getting involved, I think it's really important to reach out to one of the three of us and at least start the dialogue. Um, and it's okay to say, I don't know how to start this, but I know it's something I want to do. So I think just start the dialogue and we will lead and guide people uh, down the path of working with people with all different types of abilities. Absolutely. Amen to that. Steve, your thoughts, your thoughts on what we sure. can do. So, you know, disability in, um, you know, obviously it has a large national footprint and has a lot of big corporations kind of in there with the, uh, with the national focus on it. Um, the New York city piece, is struggling more than it appears that the, that the national side is to really get the connectivity with the big companies and the companies with different names and connectivity. But I think a lot of that really is, is about knowledge and, and, and information that needs to go out to the business community. You know, we talked about um, like Etsy, for example, which is one of our really valued business partners, you know, and kind of, you know, and getting to know them and getting to understand you know, their business practices and then kind of getting to know AHRC and, and some of their business needs, they've been able to create for us like what we call like an Etsy challenge, right, which is they, they provided some funding for the organization to help deal with the COVID-related uh, expenses. And then we're kind of able to use the um, Etsy to kind of help us kind of raise additional dollars to help cover some of these costs. But it's a company like Etsy. Um, quite honestly, I don't believe they're even connected to like disability in just yet. And kind of being able to get those kind of companies to be able to be uh, kind of connectivity with the disability in issue, I think is going to be very, very valuable to us because they're more of a you know, New York City presence than a big national presence footprint wise. Although, obviously, with the uh, with Internet and technology, everybody's everywhere when, when you think about that. But I think in some ways, COVID and Zoom and remote may actually help us kind of fast track some of the growth with the disability in piece because it used to be we wanted people to physically show up for all these meetings and a lot of times business folks just don't have that time to be able to do that you know with kind of virtual remote kind of meetings and and connectivity it may be a little bit easier to get more businesses to connect to us because now they don't have to give up you know a half a day or a full day to come to a meeting you know they can kind of click on for an hour and we can kind of uh connect with them that way and kind of see where the opportunities may lie within those different business communities. So I think we need to kind of look at this as a, as an opportunity going forward 
connecting with the companies that we'd like to kind of try to bring into the disability in world and also be able to use the technology that's at our, at really at our fingertips now to be able to kind of grow, grow the organization and really be ready for, you know, the future post-COVID here and what it really is going to mean for everybody and people with disabilities and what the job opportunities will exist. So um, I'm feeling good about moving forward uh, with disability in and uh, I'm sure that, you know, we'll be able to bring in new, more and more businesses uh, through kind of uh, effective marketing, marketing and social uh, media, et cetera. So feeling good about it, John. Good. Steve, I am too. And I, I have to say, if you're out there as a business and you're listening to us and you want to get involved in our, our meetings in the fall, please reach out to one of the three of us. We'd be very happy to get you involved in, in these meetings. They are going to be essential. We are going to be talking about real practical employment. I think some of the, some, some, at some points in time, other organizations talk about the marketing around disability. That's not what the three of us are about. We're about real people getting real jobs. And if you're a business out there and you're looking to add people to your workforce, all three of us can help you. And that's, that's really essential. And we're excited about these meetings that we're going to have virtually here in the fall to talk about real employment. Um, you've been listening to the Our Ability podcast. I want to thank Shauna Lozada and Steve Tyler for joining us. They are two of my favorite people in disability employment space. I call on them way too often uh, to, to answer questions, and, uh, but this is my public way of being able to say thank you to both of them. And uh, so, Steve and Shauna, thank you very much for joining us. I very much appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. so much, Sean. Yeah.